And I remember in college doing the, the masters in advertising, one of the creative lectures in in the room was like, enjoy this time in college because you're not hamstrung by a brand manager telling you to create change the size of the logo. This is the most creative <laughs> freedom you're gonna have. So I don't know if you heard, but this podcast is now sponsored. So before we get into the episode, let me tell you about our sponsor. I Love That Ad is proudly sponsored by IRS Plus, the one-stop shop for expert local radio planning and media agnostic brand solutions. If you have a media brief, you need to speak to IRS Plus. Go to irsplus.ie or mail hello at irsplus.ie for more. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of I Love That Ad because not only are we joined by my one, my only, my true Shane W. Brennan. Hello, my Shane. true, that's new. Yeah, yeah, mixing it up there. Yeah. Mixing it up. I think you just gave up. Joined. You gave up halfway yeah. through. <laughs> but I, I won't give up on us, Shane. That's the, that's the main thing. I can't quit uh, you. We are also joined by Dave O'Kane, Senior Global Connections Manager, William Grant & Sons. Welcome to I Love That Ad podcast, Dave O'Kane. Thanks very much, lads. And I would have thought by this stage, surely you're sick of each other. Like, oh, not just well, the podcast. That's why we but... have guests on. That's we, why we have guests we on. Are sick. To... We are sick of each other. The only thing keeping our relationship together is this podcast. This podcast <laughs> is like a child in a broken marriage. It's like, oh, we have to just keep it going. And then, you mm. know, we have the odd night and we warm to each other. And it's like, yeah, 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 we'll go for a drink. And then it's like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's it's real Simon Garfunkel type of vibes going on at the minute, uh, for for, for both of us. Um, no, no, we are we are, uh, we're still loving the podcast. We're still loving loving each other, but we're also loving having you on. It was a very formal uh, introduction I gave you there, yeah, Dave. Given the fact that <laughs> that you're known to us as Doc, uh, yeah. the Dok, uh, and um, we we go. We go back a long way. Uh, you were you were my senior in media works, I believe. Uh, joined a week before I did. Um, <laughs> Never let you forget it. Back in uh, the 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 hazy summer of twenty ten, uh, all, all those day, all those years back. Did you ever think we'd end up here, Dave? God no. Yeah, it was uh, a very interesting start to life in media at the time. Um, back when probably. Obviously, long before any COVID or pandemics, where going out was part of the job. And if you told me I would have a functioning liver by thirteen years later, I would have been very surprised. It's a, it was a hell of an induction. Uh, good, good fun times. Could not do it now for the life of me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's great. It's obviously it's been thirteen years since we started working together. Shane, a little bit less, but yeah, no, it's it's it's. I've found it really inspiring inspiring the work you guys have done and how you've kind of gone out on your own and kind of driven to foe to what it is and then obviously for myself um delighted to be sitting brand side now um loved my time in media obviously spent a little bit of time in creative a bit of time in sales and the brand brand role was always next step and to round out the experience and look loving being a brand side so um mad to think those fresh-faced non or clean shaven going to media awards wearing pink bow ties days are like long long ago yeah it's quite ironic that um you're you're talking about your poor liver and you were in an alcohol brand yeah. uh, as, as, a, as a as a as a senior figure there but the, there was a moment the week uh the week we i joined and dave was there two two weeks and we were we just happened to be the summer party uh and it was like a barbecue up in blessington and we were coming back on a karaoke bus <laughs> screaming Aeros, aerosmiths i don't want to miss a thing and the two of us looked at each other going what what is this 
world. Yeah. And that was the window into the the future of media. Um, you, you mentioned there a couple of the roles that you went into. Obviously, media, heavily involved in media, always loved media in publisher side and now on brand side. Uh, has your relationship with advertising or ads in general, has that has that shifted from 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 day one uh, as you see it from different angles or do you still just kind of love ads in the industry as, as a whole? Oh, yeah, like a bit of both, really, like still obviously love ads in the industry. And like, I know we'll get on to the, the couple of ones I want to talk about, but I've kind of purposely gone back and picked ones that are probably a little bit older because they're the ones that probably helped me as fall in love with advertising and um, they're ones predating kind of social media a little bit where it's going to be a case of their good stories well store like stories told really well and i suppose where my relationship has massively changed is obviously getting into the industry there is that fantasy of oh these you're going to work in advertising going to create these lovely stories but there's the whole functional side of advertising as well and the effective side of it and i think obviously you had mark ritson on recently and the, and a couple of chats over the last while have been around how you create effective advertising and i think there's a nice balance to what it is now between doing something really creative really good storytelling and then the effective side of it and i suppose when i started it was very much the fantasy world of you only only ever going to create beautiful advertising and you're only ever going to have the opportunity to to create these beautiful stories and i remember in college doing the, the masters in advertising one of the creative lectures in in the room was like enjoy this time in college because you're not hamstrung by a brand manager telling you to create change the size of the logo this is the most creative <laughs> freedom you're going to have so um yeah there's a big balance to be struck between the two and i think yeah my view has changed quite a lot um true experience as well like like yourselves you you kind of learn how to to create and how to to be better at it as you go on so um definitely an interesting journey it's been over the last 13 years because yes long time ago i think i think a big learning that you take when you're in the industry quite a while is find as as your lecturer said to you right you won't be hamstrung but it's finding the opportunity or recognizing an opportunity where you actually get to do something interesting that can keep you going another two years <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> and i think that's the kind of maturity it is i was like wait a minute these things are lining up okay i think we've got something yeah we'll do all that other stuff but we've got something here push this push this don't don't tell anyone just do it oh yeah absolutely, it's absolutely recognizing it. those moments you know what i mean and then enjoying yeah. them I think enjoying those moments is a is a big part of it and trying to step away from what you do day to day because look it's like any job day to day is day to day you know um yeah. and just trying to recognize and enjoy those moments and soak it in uh, I think is a, a big learning when you're in the industry a while there's a thing that Charlie Brooker said it was a it was a really short short clip where it was like any advice for aspiring screenwriters he goes well, if you're aspiring it means you're probably just starting off write whatever you want to write now because if you're successful, you'll never got get to write what you actually want to write because yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. be you'll be just working on other people's ideas. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of like that. Have a have the fun where you, where you where you can. Um, Dave, there's a there's a kind of a obviously it's happening a good while, but there's a big shift in in advertising around certain sectors and alcohol being one of them. What what's it like dealing with that from a a global role? Is it is it is there a lot to get your head around? Is it is there kind of uniform changes going across the world or is it really market mar market to market dependent? Yeah, it's definitely market to market dependent. Like you look at a, a country like France who have probably some of the strictest alcohol laws in, in the world. You look at Ireland and having sat on a couple of Irish brands prior to this role, like there was a lot of change that we sat 
that I and the team sat through at the time with the new bill that came in, but it's very much a market by marketplace. It's a challenging, challenging thing to navigate because obviously even from a creative point of view, a media buying point of view, you have varying degrees of sensitivity in markets and you have to try and cater to all. Um, it's very crudely judged to be light and dark markets or as, as a term and the dark markets are ones where you can do very little. So you have to be, one clever about what you do, but also responsible as well. And I think that's the big thing is that all these laws are there to try and help create responsibility for alcohol advertisers. And mm -hmm. same with things like HFSS or for any other kind of category that can, can be considered to be a, a category where excess is dangerous. And I suppose the thing is, is it's challenging rather than ham you're being hamstrung by it. And I think that's the, the outlook we've always tried to have on it is that it's challenges you have to overcome. It makes, as you said, Shane, the job interesting. Mm -hmm. If you're not, if you're doing the same thing in every market across the globe, it might get a little bit boring. Whereas you have to be be flexible. You have to find the ways to be creative within the guidelines. And I think it's all makes it that little bit more interesting. Um, so it's a tough one to navigate, like market by market. But at the same time, that that keeps you going. It keeps you not sharp. It keeps you on your toes because things change as much as they change quite slowly the the how prepared you are has to be quite quick you have to make sure you're able to adapt and flex quite quickly when changes happen and um yeah it's a challenging category to be in and it's the good one to be in because you you do have that bit of energy around it when you need to make those changes and when you need to find a way to do something creative in a restricted market and it, it, it provides great opportunities yeah it's, it's every year uh every day is not going to be the same for you no <laughs> you know if you've if you've 20 media plans to review and you have to know the ins and outs of <laughs> of each market god bless like even yeah. the episode that we have coming out to we had vinnie warren on um over from the states who came up with the the, the was up budweiser campaign he's a galway man and he brought on a few and one it was funny i was just reading the other day one of the ones he brought on was um toshi the chalk you know the guinness island ad. Mm -hmm. and there was an article written in 2009, I think it was on the Business Post, shout out Business Post, um, that uh, talking how the new laws would mean that ad couldn't be created for, and it started going through like, no one in the Kirk is wearing a life jacket. It started going through like every <laughs> single shot. And I was like, that's really interesting. How like, especially with Guinness stuff, or just with generally, a lot of people bringing off a lot of alcohol based ads and to see how they change and how they have to change, as you said, Dave, based on responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, but just even reading about that and then talking to you about it, who's actually working at it today, it's uh, it's definitely you, you see an opportunity for creatives to flex within constraint. And mm -hmm. I think that's usually a good, like the creatives are used to that. Usually you have no budget and you have to try and do something amazing with it or you have something. So to have restrictions, but I think it's it's important for a responsibility perspective as well like yeah. that someone is keeping checks and balances on these on these things so but it's just interesting when you actually go through the old ones why they wouldn't be allowed or not for the reasons you'd actually think <laughs> so, yeah definitely like, and like we've sat through plenty of like uh, i was obviously worked quite closely with like copy clear locally for um the like heineken and bulmers at the time uh, two separate occasions and yeah like you just sit there and go oh, they've ruled out something but there's always a really good and rational reason why they've ruled out something and it's about working with them to find the best compromise and best solution that still doesn't cross any lines and as you said look at the end of the day it, it it's our job 
to perform drinking responsibly. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the brands that I work with and have worked with in the past have done it quite well and have appreciated that it's for the right reasons. It's not mm-hmm. trying to close down businesses. It's not trying to limit things because um, they feel it's the right thing to do. It's, it's genuine the right thing to do. Completely. So uh, I can, I'm assuming then we've wall to wall alcohol ads then that you brought uh, today. <laughs> just the one, just the one out of three. But I, I, I could have brought plenty more. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, what, what, what can we expect from your selection, Dave? As I touched on a little bit, I've probably gone back through the catalog a little bit. Um, like there's a few ads out there at the moment, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably touch on a bunch of brands that that we show. But um, there's a few ads out there at the moment that are really good. But again. A lot of what we do sometimes, as we said, as we push for things like effectiveness and we push for optimizations based on the channels that creative appears in, I've gone gone back a little bit to when there wasn't maybe those constraints just to get some fun from the advertising again. And I suppose some of the ads that either I saw growing up kind of when it, when we talked about Nike or some of the ads that inspired me to work on brands like the likes of Heineken and then something probably that's probably the most recent one being VW and that one is very much there's just something beautiful about it and I, there's some stuff in it and I, I won't I won't spoil the surprise there's a bit of a conversation I'll have around the VW one that me you and Shane have had quite a few times um but I'll touch on it when we get to it okay yeah, brilliant so which one do you want to watch first should we go with Heineken first considering we've just come off the back of the alcohol chats and to get out of the way let's do it. perfect well let's take a look and uh, have a chat about it and now we're back in the living room and now bedroom and such a good ad yeah it's a great ad Real That's classic. A real blast. Blast from the past. Yeah, real classic. And they did well. They had the follow up to it, the walk in fridge, um, which was which if you haven't seen it, is obviously um a very difficult second album for uh, Heineken, but they, they nailed it well. But I, I just love I love that they had the the humor in it, um, how they, they kind of play on some of those conventions that like oh the house is designed by the kind of the female in the relationship it's all that kind of classic convention of this big walk-in closet and what's what's the alternative what's the guy's version of this and obviously the walk-in fridge is just um it's something that it, it it's so surprising in it it's it's really cool and again the desirability of it i'd say the amount of people afterwards um who looked up how do i build a giant fridge in my house was probably enormous but um one thing I've always found Heineken do really well is knowing their role in the occasion and bringing lads together and having lads have fun. And that was their articulation of it at the time. Like when you look at any of the work they've done around rugby, they've never tried to be the analyst or the the sports scientist in this. They've gone, we're about the rivalries in rugby when you're in the pub with your mates to support different teams. We're about that kind of post pre halftime chat around what the game has been like without going into the data. They've always known that role in the occasion and within the within the traditional kind of almost house party that that is it is very much our house warming it's very much about bringing the lads together over a cold beer to have laughs and to enjoy themselves and they've just kind of nailed it in a very humorous way and um again something that will come up in the other ad in one of the other ads as well as humor is such a big tool that i think 
a lot of advertising out there now not all of it we fall into the trap now of having very serious very mm -hmm. we have to get the product credentials across the line we have to get the process across the line we have to get the functional needs across the line whereas this was just again stand out for a really really funny piece of work that that, that just told a really nice story and had those undertones of what's our role in the occasion what what do we bring to the table and and they just they got the, the tone just right for that one i think mm. i think what i love about that is one yeah as you said right the humor done really well really understood like understanding that moment that i don't know i've experienced with an awful lot of other men when you get dragged to someone else's fucking house and the lad's there you bring your beer you're either standing in a barbecue outside there's a few kids running around the, the dads are happy to watch the kids because the wives or girlfriends or whatever are off talking looking at the looking at something and you're just kind of looking at each other like well yeah and you're just sitting there you just it takes a couple of beers before you get going and to then just juxtapose and flip that is that he has something to show them you know what i mean i think it's done really well and malcolm in the middle it's done really it's been it's been brought to life really well that relationship in that situation so when you see it that's the shock for the audience to be like why would the men be shouting unless they're sport on you know what i mean yeah. uh, it's it's to make and to make this kind of hyper realistic situation of the most inefficient fridge in the world <laughs> probably single-handedly contributed to an awful lot of global warming but um but bringing that to life it's just i remember the first time i saw that ad and just being like that's fucking great that's so that's so clever it's so simple it does it in i think it's 30 seconds isn't it and like you don't don't need much you don't care who the characters are i always recognize there's a there's an actor in it called um Oliver Maltman, and he used to be in Kevin Bishop's Star Stories. He used to play David Beckham in it. He's like a writer producer, but that was one of his first, his first roles was in that. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's great ad. I'm very surprised it hasn't been brought. I'm actually very surprised. There's, n I think a lot of people think we've already done a lot of the Heineken stuff. It's the same, yeah, we but haven't. we d we haven't. I think we've only done no. two other Heineken ads. Um, yeah. but that that is just such a good execution it's really strong it's really strong it's it's really well crafted in the sense of the script where we open with with the the lady of the house uh mm -hmm. in full stride uh and the, the line is and this is the sitting room again so straight away we know that she's just given a tour of the house yeah but also the way she's performing it this isn't the first tour of the night she's been given. Yeah. This is mm -hmm. like she's bringing everyone on on the tour. So like within literally like three seconds, we've filled in like an hour worth of content yeah. in her in the back of our heads, and that's just so so clever the way they've done that. So then this is obviously the piece de la resistance at the very end is the walk-in wardrobe, the dream to have. So I I, I kind of love that setup, but also there's. I don't know if if it, if it's just me, but there's a real sense of jealousy when they hear the lads screaming. Yeah. They're like, this, no, this is this is our bit. This is <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah, the ones yeah, that are meant to be the happiest here, and the lads are clearly way more static <laughs> at, at a fucking yeah. bridge, <laughs> just yeah. fully iron again. Which I just it all just comes together and works works perfectly. Yeah. It's done by um the agency's TBWA. Pull that together. TBWA. Yeah. So what um, year does it say? Do you know what? Oh year nine. Oh nine. Oh nine. That's yeah, no nine. Yeah. YouTube really starting to blow up around then as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, no, Aaron, I think you're right. And I, but I think where that really comes, oh, I love the mini kegs. I'm just looking at a still here. Remember the mini kegs? They still <laughs> go. Um, they were the thing. They were the big thing, weren't they? Um, but I just think it just taps into so much shared experience. Do you know what I mean? We all like there's nothing in that for me that I'm like, I, I'm not I'm not confused. I, I know exactly I know exactly where everyone is. I know exactly what's going on. Almost to the extent like it feels like a, a picture. It feels like a print ad with very little said. And it's just they captured. Perfect. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Understand. Love it. And it's just done. So as you said, like Aaron, like little touches like her kind of showing off and like saying again, oh, to keep showing this over and over again. <laughs> Oh, you uh, haven't seen my walking wardrobe. Oh, you haven't seen <laughs> no. it, yeah. No, this is where I, this is the 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 wall of shoes. This is where this stays. Yeah, yeah we do very well for ourselves. We do we do okay. We we do. Okay. Is, it, is, is that the door into your walk-in fridge there behind you there, Dave? Is that yeah? <laughs> I, 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 I wish. I wish. Um, no, it's just, it's just one of those ones where, they, as I said, they've just nailed it. And I think a lot of the time, and thinking about the other two ads, I'm gonna I want to talk about as well, like. You you touched on it, Shane. The lack of dialogue in it mm-hmm. to nail the message. The message is just it, it lets it speak for itself. It's not over explaining it. It's not trying to do too much. And you take from it what you want. And I think that the fact that they nailed how to deliver the emotive side of it and also kind of sh- that shared experience without having mm-hmm. to have the lads sitting around a table afterwards consuming as well. That's the other thing for me as well mm-hmm. is that every product sh- product ad you have for like a drinks brand be it alcohol or not you kind of want to show that refreshing sip of the drink and they don't do that in this and it, again it's just a very powerful way of mm-hmm. getting across that that heineken is for the lads that are there together without having to show them having the consumption moment afterwards and like that that you, you talk about that now and i'd say most brands go what do you mean we can't, we're not going to show anyone having mm-hmm. a drink of the drink like it just it it's done it does so much with so little in execution like, like that could have been done that could that same thought that same creative could have been executed so differently where you would have used negative emotion of how i described that everything we're filling in like you'd see the guys all sitting on the couch blankly drinking heineken the wife behind him he goes there she goes again like do you guys want to see something and then he shows and then you could cut to it there but that kind of goes in out of him making fun of her kind of a negative relationship type situation you don't need it you don't need any of that it's it's the it's the writing the short speech not the long speech and i think you're completely right i think it's um it's a fabulous piece of work it's really strong i don't think that ad would get made in this day and age though why because you look at you look at Heineken's advertising now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot more gender balanced in the terms of the customer. It's a it's a, a lot of mix of, of females and males. Say the rugby rivals ad, it's mm-hmm. a good example. There's balance there. Whereas this is very much the 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 thirty year old male is our target audience, and we're going to show them as the ones excited around the brand. How you could um, get it. How you could get it made now is that you think she's bringing them to a walk-in wardrobe, but she's bringing them to her walk-in Heineken fridge. Could be, but and as, that's as it stands there, I don't, I don't think it, 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 yeah, it we'd, we'd have that produced. Which is just, it's just interesting to see, kind of how ad, it's still a great ad. Doesn't take away yeah, from no, it, no, no. it being a brilliant ad. It's just, it's just, it's just the way 
it ads are being produced differently uh, mm. and different considerations that weren't considerations back then how, how they layer in and it's just a uh, it's, it's i'm glad that ad was made because it's a fucking brilliant ad <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just it's just funny to to look at older ads and and can you you can kind of see that um i think though you'd look at a lot of and we look at a lot of old ads on this oh, and yeah. most old ads <laughs> we look at and like that's not even that old this is only 14 years old but you'd say yeah they won't make that now for different reasons yeah. companies yeah. move yeah. on their strategy moves on who they're targeting moves on like their tone of voice changes everything so i think uh, I, I think it's a rarity if an ad would be used again like there's a few like guinness and kellogg's and there's some really like that really tap into nostalgia but no i think that's i still think that's class i still i, I still despite the fact that the brand mightn't want to do it i think that would work as well today <laughs> <laughs> uh, if not more so because less people are doing that type of thing so yeah <laughs> so dave uh, unbelievable ad to uh, open up your account uh, how are you yeah. gonna follow that uh let's go with nike and uh, their jogamanito ronaldinho execution next if that's all right that's let's do absolutely it. let's go for it and now something i found to remind you how it should be when you are a kid it's easy you are not afraid to try to dare you do it just because you like it Anything with Eric Cantona, and I'm there. He just <laughs> elevates anything that man is in, and he's he does quite a bit of advertising. In fairness to him, but he just he's just fucking phenomenal. Like I even forget <laughs> he was like, and I was a fan of the Manchester United Eric Cantona era as footballing. For me, he just transcends that so much. He's so much more now in older age in a way that no other footballer is. It's so weird how fucking cool he is. It's class. That's a great app. Yeah, he's, he's a fantastic narrator for something like it's this. Great. But it's also like the thing for me with Cantona as a personality, um, he wasn't in the Premier League that long. No. Like he was obviously years. with Leeds first, transferred over to United and then retired pretty early, like or moved on pretty early. But he wasn't in it for long, but he was just such a presence that obviously, first and foremost, adding him to, the, to any ad brings that level of presence. But he has this air of class about him as well. Mm. Um, so it's really interesting. But again, a couple of things I love about this ad. And like, I had to include one sports one because I know how much of a fan of sports Aaron is. But um, sports match joke. Sports match joke. Predicted Tottenham would score 100 goals in a season before. I'm just saying. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. <laughs> there, there, there's a throwback to the PML predictor competitions for you. Um, but what I love about this, and it's again, I, it's probably in the context of football now. Having, as you said, Shane, grown up mm. in the Premier League era in the 90s, yeah, yeah. Um, watching a lot of like Calico Italian on Channel 4 growing up, and 
to see football now, and look, obviously, still Man United fans, still Roma fans, still Watford FC fan. Like, obviously, shout out League of Ireland. Had to get it in there. Um, it's just the commercial entity football has become now, and I understand it. I completely do. It's a mm-hmm. commercial entity. The pressure to win trophies, like the likes of the Premier League, Champions League, so you get bonuses, you get into competitions where you're going to make more money for the club. I suppose the fact that it's also like transfers are just a thing now. It's not as commonplace that youths come up through underage teams right through to senior teams. There's a few exceptions at that, like Rashford and United, Trent and Liverpool. But there's an element of joy I think football has lost. Mm-hmm. An element of playing the game because it's fun. Playing the game, not necessarily to win, but because you love playing the sport. There's more players nowadays who come out and say, oh yeah, football's a job for me. Why wouldn't I go to any country where I'm going to make more money and play for a team that I've never had any interest in because it's going to make me money? And I suppose Ronaldinho is that character that you would say who's the most who's the footballer who enjoyed playing football the most and you'd put Ronaldinho in that category um that whole series I know you've had the the airport ad with Brazil mm-hmm. on before you look at the that Jogo Benito the whole series they did where even it's just the Brazil team in the dressing room getting ready for a match and all they're doing is playing football because they love playing football and it's just this element of joy that football can bring that doesn't exist as much nowadays even you see all the things the jokes going around in like under 11s games and the dads giving dogs abuse to the referee like it just that element of fun and enjoyment just doesn't seem to exist anymore and this ad just speaks to that level of unbridled joy with playing football no matter where you're a kid or an adult and that's the way it should be and i suppose the one thing and Nike do this actually quite frequently and it's one of the things i love about how they craft some of their advertising is if you ever watch some of their ads like I know you've had the Nike one with Ladanian Thomason on it before, and mm-hmm. it's him and a rival player going from childhood right up to the big leagues. Mm-hmm. You look at the one from, was it 2015 with Rory and Tiger, that passing the torch moment, mm-hmm. and it calls back to Rory putting up pictures of Tiger in his bedroom. And Nike are very good at, instead of focusing solely on the future or the current, they bring in the childhood aspect of, to it and how Nike helps bring that joy from childhood right up to adulthood playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you have brands out there at the moment, like so Whoop or any of those brands where they just show the success of current athletes. And I think Nike are very good at calling back to the moment in childhood where they fell in love with the sport or started playing the sport. And it transcends into how they approach sport as an adult. And I just, yeah. It's just one of those things where you see Ronaldinho smile, you can't help but smile yourself. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. one of he's just char- this character that embodies fun in sport and in particular football. I think I think this is a big conversation at the moment after that Man City treble. Um, I see an awful lot of Manchester United fans. I am one of myself as well, talking about the class of ninety uh, two and being like, "Well, there was the amount of like all this versus," and then it's quintessentially brought to life. In I don't know if you saw the clip of Jack Grealish's da. And he he's he's obviously had a heavy night, but they're Villa through and through. That's that's who they are. That's their club. And Jack Grealish's dad after City won the won the treble was like up the Villa, up City, <laughs> like because he's Villa. Like that's that's his team. That's who his dad get. Like even when his son wins a fucking treble with Man City, the dad still says up Villa first before he'll say up City. And it's like that. That really for me, I was like, oh yeah, that's. That's an element that's like missing now that we're kind of, you know what I mean? You know, his dad would prefer it if he could have done that with Villa. 
Like yeah. that's what his dad would have wanted for him. That's probably what Grealish would have preferred to have done as well. <laughs> but in today's era, it's not it's not possible. Like it, it, I think it, I think it's tipped on as well. Like when you play um, football manager and someone's like, yeah, brought brought Ipswich whole way to back to back mm. Champions League. T- like, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's this dream. There's this childhood kind of innocence of dreaming big with with your smaller teams. And kind of capitalizing on that or capitalizing on the hope that Nike's very good at that. It's kind of, yeah. of, of, of a snapshot of when you were a kid before anyone cared about what you were doing. You were just doing it. I love that line. You just did something because you fucking loved it. Not because anyone yeah. anyone's going to recognize you for you. You were like, oh, yeah, you're here with a ball or whatever, whatever sport it is, whatever art it is or whatever the kid does. The kid has to do it because they like it. They don't. They, no kid will fucking waste their time doing something they don't want to do, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's. Uh, and actually, interestingly enough, I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast. There was a, there was a study done just talking about the psychology of kids going into sport. There was a study done with kids who used to draw, in elementary school, and what the teachers started doing was giving them gold stars, when they drew, just on the picture. And then after a month, stopped giving them gold stars, any of them. So it wasn't like selective and something like 25% of kids stopped drawing, even though they were all drawing beforehand. So the minute that dopamine release of reward got taken away, it like killed the love of it for them. And I was like, oh God, that's depressing. First of all, that they tested those kids with that. (laughs) (laughs) And two, it's, it's a real interesting insight in the psychology of kids and why they do things and how we can fuck it up for them. By like by, by messing it with them or rewarding them, um, and I think you're right. There. I think that ad is really like there's a man, Ronaldinho. When you see him, he never stops smiling. Like for a man with a terrible smile, he never stops smiling, <laughs> and he just some of the best ad campaigns, and like the pressure on that man for Brazil, like he yeah. was like some people forget. Remember, I remember was did he not have a statue torn down of him when they lost, in um. Was it a semi-final in the World Cup? I was in France at the time. And I remember Brazil went crazy. Like, he was... Like, people forget, like, who he was. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, savage guy. I've never seen that out before. That's, that's the first time I've seen that. Four out. channels. Four <laughs> channels. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, like did, they one... did a whole series. Yeah. They did a whole series called Jogging Manino where they had, like, different bits and pieces like that. And, um, like, look, again the cage ad for like the brazil airport scorpion, one like yeah. they just like they've so many scorpions another great one um the portugal brazil one in the tunnel where they start kind of fighting over the ball and nutmegging each other before going out in the pitch yeah. um like they just ha- had this way of creating this idea that the biggest stars in the world just loved playing football and that's what they get across and i think you're right Jen, in terms of like i think that's why despite it being all against the odds and all that i think people will could fondly say that Leicester win the Premier League was the best Premier League victory of all time. And not because it was an underdog, but it had this thing of anyone could. Mm-hmm. Seemed to love playing football. All he wanted to do was lo- he loved scoring goals and he just did it better than anyone in that season. Yeah. Pr- practically like he just, yeah. and that fantasy of, what you talked about earlier it's not just that the big teams spending the most amount of money will win and i think it was a lovely reminder that anything can happen in football mm-hmm. and you'd like to see it happen a little bit more often definitely definitely but unfortunately 
I think we're moving away from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, we have to move away from this ad because we're we're flying through the time here. So, Dave, uh, what's uh, what's our third and final? What's your what's your piece of the resistance for the, your your podcast? Okay, I've decided to go with the Volkswagen Super Bowl ad with with the kid dressed as Darth Vader. Brilliant. Let's, Let's have it. a look. Modern day classic. Yeah. Modern day, that was 2010. That's true. That's as old as the Heineken one. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much. When you think about it, actually, that's fucking crazy. It feels a lot more recent, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Because when you see the T's and C's at the end, it says available from 2011. Um, so I, w- I was surprised. I would have said, like, oh, that was 2016, 2017, yeah. potentially. But 2011, the car was available. So it would have been 2010 Super Bowl, I'd imagine, or early 2011. Um, and what? Why did you pick that one? There's a couple of reasons. First of all, the kid's acting is fucking phenomenal in it. Um, like he he's wearing a, a mask that has a single expression, yet you know every expression that happens underneath the mask as he does it. Like even the very bit at the end where the the car turns on and he the shock in turn back to where the parents are in the window, like it's phenomenally well acted. But I loved it from a, a point of view of the insight around again the joy of kids and how parents play that role in it and i suppose the thing for me is it's one of those ones where it tells this really well-crafted story and the bit i talked about the very start of the intro where it's like i'll touch on something we've talked about before and you talk about the kid throwing the tantrum in the supermarket at and no one in anyone i've asked no one knows the product in it and i've had this conversation with both you before so i expect you either remember or don't remember it but it was like vic's first defense but the product plays no role in solving the solution it's just a, a parallel to the narrative in the story whereas this the car plays that vital role in solving mm-hmm. the tension in the ad and to for me i think there's not enough of that where this is the perfect uh, ad of it's a really good story that can live independently of the product, but the product plays a key role in order to attach itself to the product. So when I saw that ad first, and someone would ask me, oh, again, back when we all started kind of working, what was your favorite Super Bowl ad? Or did you see Super Bowl ads this year? I'd be like, oh yeah, the VW Passat ad was really good. Mm-hmm. Because I immediately attached the product to the to the ad because it yeah. was central to solving the tension in the ad. Yeah. And it's not trying to force the, again, similar in the way Heineken did they're not trying to show it driving through the city as all standard car ads might do the days. It's not showing the car's features other than the one bit, which is you can start the car from the remote before you get in. There's so little of the product, but yet the product plays a key role in the story and in the narrative that allows you to attach yourself to what the product is. Um, but again, it's just it's so well 
shot it so well crafted again you can see how nowadays you'd chop that up as loads of little vignettes to use across different channels it's an ad that you could use and to to the point around when we talk about some of these ads not existing in today's world i think that ad could absolutely exist in today's world Mm. and you could see how you could think about telling telling the story over multiple piece, multiple channels, and yeah, it's just it's so executed. Like the fact that the kid was brought onto a national news station after the ad had aired to do an unmasking to see who the kid was. It's just oh, it showed it showed how it, the ad landed in in kind of culture as well, and how it landed in in the news outside of just the Super Bowl. That this kid was this unbelievable actor who needed to be unmasked on national television. It's just it's it's again it's a lovely sound bite from after the ad aired that showed the success of how well the ad landed. Yeah, and I think I think what's super impressive about this is this would have been because Force Awakens came out in 2013, 2014. So Disney had already started or Lucasfilm. I'd already started working on knowing there was a new trilogy with J.J. Abrams coming out. So I think this was like the start of Volkswagen's partnership Mm. with Mm -hmm. Star Wars. And like fair play to them for kicking it off like as quickly as they could with, as you said, Dave, not with like that, that made Star Wars the center of it. They got the music rights. They got like Vader's likeness, obviously, but not having it at the end, but not having it be those fucking car perfume ads where it's just a car driving through a desert <laughs> or like just that that that's like actually making like showing as you saw said dave like having star wars be at the center of it but then also having the product solve solve a problem in it you know what i mean um i think it's great i think it's a really good launch as you said like it, it could run today it's still like i still think it's brilliant I still think it's so simple once again another ad with no dialogue yeah Yeah. and it's just so good it's so fucking good yeah that's a great one i can't believe that's that's we've not actually had that on proper i know we touched on it before in a super bowl ad um special but we touched on about 10 but that's a it's a great it's a great piece and they and they still have the partnership with star wars go ongoing like and Mm -hmm. they i think it was a big heavy push for obi-wan when that came out on disney plus so like they've committed to to it long term in fairness so it, that was that was the start of a of a very long a very long uh relationship and what as you said shane what a way what a way to kick uh yeah kick that off uh dave i was thinking is there another reason that you brought this ad on in particular because it is one of the most famous super bowl ads uh, it would be probably up there in the top 10 top 20 am i recalling right that one of your life goals or one of your career uh career goals was to book an ad in the super bowl oh you remember the was it take five in the evening heralds that everyone got to do at one point i was like what's your career goal Aaron, you can't do that to someone like if we read our take fives as well like that's not fair like everyone had to answer those fucking questions within five minutes at like probably 7 p.m still sitting in the office you're yeah. <laughs> putting them on blast yeah. uh, th- this is from my uh, Tottenham Hotspur going to score over 100 goals in the That's season comment it's yeah. exactly what that by is by the way um, I really want to get into that like who was what year was that that he thought that that was going to happen oh this was like before like long before Harry Kane oh no obviously like but so was like, that like yeah. who was was Berbatov still playing for Tottenham was was, was like what what year did he think that that was gonna I don't, I don't even know what year that was but uh and did, I, what, there... like was there logic Aaron or you just went Tottenham they're good 
uh, I I have uh, zero interest in soccer. Back then, I was feigning an interest, passing interest. So you know, like everyone, be be part of the PML group, but the the the, the predictor competition. But one year, I finished like was it third or fourth, Dave, or something like that. Out of out of uh, you know, hundred people who started or hundred and ten people who started in the industry. I'm just guessing. Uh, I yeah. did. I did. Uh, I did try a strategy for a while that 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 helped. The kind of the wheels came off that for a while, where I just did a one nil for the home team for every game, no matter who. The wheels came off <laughs> like the wheels were held on by anything except fucking sellotape. You'd swear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I used to actually try and do a bit of research before each each sub each submission and uh, hundred goals that, that, for that, that wasn't working. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, never, never won it though. Never won. It. I bowed out. I bowed out in the high of, of third or fourth place, whatever, whatever I got in the end. Well, we might get but, invited uh, back on now that you brought it up. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. It's still going, David. You still part of the uh, female predictor? I'm not anymore. But um, I like yourself probably gave up after a while because the whole thing of remembering to put in your scores because you have to put them in by like lunchtime on a Friday, and if you were sitting there on a Saturday morning looking at the team sheet, going, "Crap, I've never done the PML predictor." I used to text poor Ross McDonald and just be like, here, lad, can you throw these scores in for me? I'm going to way past the deadline. And to be fair, do, do it as long as it was before the first kickoff. He'd do it first. But, uh, Breaking PML predictor is corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard yeah. it here first, people. <laughs> there, there was a moment when I was on holidays and I was starting to, like, starting to, to, to fret about how will I get my scores in without having to check my emails because I didn't want to log into my And I was like, you know what? This is, this is too much. I'm out. You're I'm just out. describing fantasy football. That was the moment. <laughs> oh, it is. Yeah, I like, still play fantasy football yeah, or draft same, football yeah. and stuff Very like that. Important. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dave, uh, they were a brilliant selection of ads. Thank you. Uh, thank you. For, thank you for those. And I know there's a couple more waiting in the wings. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm delighted to actually see that Joga uh, Benito, or <laughs> Ronaldinho. Like there's the 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 old, uh, the old look of him like the, the, the big smiley head and I'm like uh, as, a, as a kid is just as you said earlier on pure joy so uh, yeah. Yeah. great uh, great ad. so thank you very much so uh, you'll have your afternoon Phil now go and watch back at the rest of them that were in the series even just to hear Canton and narrate each one my uh, my YouTube uh, algorithm has loaded even the, the 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 Brazil Portugal ones. They're all lined up here waiting to go. So I think that's that's my afternoon uh, sorted. Uh, Dave, what's going on in the la- land of William Grant of 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 the dock? What's 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 happening? If people want to get in touch, how they how do they do so? Oh yeah, uh, all busy. So yeah, we're crossing a number of brands in the company. So Tomorju, Monkey Shoulder, Sailor Jerry, Reka, um, Drambuey. So we're across a good few of the brands at the moment. But look, um, I'm always across LinkedIn, the usual place to find all the work-related stuff um, rather than Instagram. So you can find me on LinkedIn under my actual name. So not hiding it in there. Uh, but yeah, nice. if any, but absolutely get it. Uh, anyone wants to get in touch can it's a, it's a fantastic company i've been there just over a year now so um really really enjoying it and really enjoying working on um such exciting brands and, and getting to experience the global global side of it so uh happy days and yeah thanks a minute for having me on lads uh good to catch up as always yeah definitely absolutely definitely. we may we may catch up outside these boxes for an old uh <laughs> a cheeky whiskey soon 
Pint of wine, Shane. Pint of wine like a fucking legend. <laughs> now, there we go. We all, we all got fucked. Like, 100 goals. <laughs> book a Super Bowl ad. Pint of wine. There we go. That's It's like back in the office. Yeah, yeah. We'll have a, we'll have a subscriber-only Patreon episode where we describe what pint of wine actually means. I think uh, it's fucking... The, our, our listeners aren't dumb. <laughs> Dave, thanks so much uh, for coming on. That's Dave O'Kane, Senior Global Connection Manager with uh, William Grant and Sons. And if anyone was uh, listening and wants to see those uh, brilliant ads, go to workwithfull.e forward slash podcast where you can see them in their all their glory uh, as well as the archive there. So uh, thank you, Dave. And for uh, another week, see you. See you again. I Love That Ad is proudly sponsored by IRS Plus, the one-stop shop for expert local radio planning and media agnostic brand solutions. If you have a media brief, you need to speak to IRS Plus. Go to irsplus.ie or mail hello at irsplus.ie for more.